0: Now breathe in and out, one, two, three, breathe, breathe, breathe. Welcome to another episode of Stoned and Social. This is the internet's number one comedy wellness podcast. I know it's a mouthful, but we have a mouthful to tell you. I'm your host, Namaste Nat, and with me I have Baked Bee. What's up, Bee?
1: I am loving my new name that You're you gave me. you your nicknames.
0: I love it. <laughs> baked bee yes 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 that's how i see you because you you know you're with wavy flower company you guys have all these genetics and all these plants and so if like i don't know how you function if i was a genetics huh. company for cannabis i would be like just gone they'd be like where's nash ah, she's stone." like
1: you always got to be trying on product make sure exactly. you got some good stuff
0: brewing exactly as soon as you guys come up with that that um that tester program that i was like Floating to to you yeah. and, and wavy, don't worry. Like I am, I am in on it. I am so in on it. So, be speaking of stoned and social, what are you stoned on today? Today,
1: um, I was doing some schoolwork, so okay. I stuck with uh, doing high CBD to keep me nice and calm. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I used my CBD tincture. I also triple dosed myself with. Ooh my psilocybin today wow i i'm i yeah i want to i want to feel the calm vibes good and then i just took a big scoop of kratom like an idiot <laughs> oh, so, I'm
0: ready to party now. You're like my friend who comes with us too to eat. Whenever we go out anywhere, my friend always has an upper, a downer, and a palate cleanser. So she always <laughs> has like she always yeah. has like a a glass of wine or <laughs> alcoholic drink and then she'll have a Pepsi or Coke and then like water or tea. And it's all on the table at the same time. And I'm like, girl, I can with you right now. Like what are you doing? So this is you just trying to even everything out, right? Yeah, yeah, Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm using a three cheese, comfortably numb, uh, 300 milligram enhanced oil. I love this stuff. I feel like I'm going through it too fast, but it gives me that like that calming feeling. That's why I took it today as well.
1: You've talked about this specific product in the past, and it's something that I definitely want to give a try. I think it would be great for when I need to focus in on the day yeah and try not to get my anxiety out of control
0: i suggest the new gummies that they came out with i'm really liking those you guys know if you go to our website you can click the link for three chi we'll get a kickback from it like stoners come on help us out so (laughs) um but i like the gummies a lot and i wanted to be pretty chill because we're talking about something really fun today we're we're talking about uh psychedelics this was like demonized in the early 60s even though there was a lot of promising research and i feel like right now drugs these psychedelic drugs are making a resurgence as therapeutic Mm -hmm. tools and i love that they're capturing the eye of medical scientists and the public so you know a lot of the initiatives that we're going to be see coming up soon on the political balance are going to be opening the doors for treatments to psychedelic uh therapeutic healing so
1: very exciting
0: I'm excited. That's why we invited our special guest with first-hand experience at the Benefits of Psychedelics. Josh, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no no problem. Before we get into like picking your brain on psychedelics here, are you stoned on anything today?
2: Uh, yeah, I am actually, and it's funny. Uh, this is the first podcast that I've ever done stoned. Usually when I do mine... Woo! I try to be stone-cold sober, but today I decided, fuck it, I'm just going to smoke a little
0: bit. Yeah! Fantastic! Yeah! That's what we want, corrupt, corrupt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're all about. So Josh, introduce yourself to our sternal Lights. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, your interest in psychedelics.
2: So I'm Josh. I have a podcast called Pursuit of Infinity, and I do that with my brother, so what we do is we alternate weeks. Uh, one week, it'll be me and my brother discussing a topic surrounding psychedelics, spirituality, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then the following week, I'll post an interview that I will have conducted, you know, Ooh. about the same type of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fun. I like that. And uh, your brother, you guys just, I mean, you guys must get along. I was just immediately, you said <sighs> my brother. And I was thinking, like, I would never do a podcast with my sister. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we're like we're very similar. Um, and we're both going down this psychedelic path somewhat together. So okay. yeah, it's been really nice. You know, it's a way for both of us to get these things out, to talk about them and we mm-hmm. figure, you know, we do it anyway, so why not just have microphones in front of our faces?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Why yes, I love it. I love it. This is like the wellness version of OnlyFans. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna do it, just <laughs> like at least record. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're going to get into a little bit of stuff today. I'm sure we'll have tons of tangents. Stoner lights are used to that. But I feel like in the 50s, there was a large wave of research that really occurred with the psychedelics. I feel like that's when they were trying to evaluate their impact on range of conditions. But then we had that fucking war on drugs and other factors and then all the psychedelics were outlawed until very recently B, tell us about some of this like war on drugs shit that went down so what i
1: found was that swiss chemist albert hoffman's discovery of lsd um, kick-started psychedelic research in the late 1940s and the early 50s And thousands of studies were published on the hallucinogens beneficial effects and particularly for alcoholics and people that were like severely depressed. And that was continuing
0: into the 60s with the work of famed Harvard psychologist Timothy Leary. I like that you said it was for alcoholics because that's the 50s, right? That's Mad Men time. Right, yeah, that was probably a, a huge issue that was going on in the time, so they were trying
1: to find something that could help kind of bring that, especially coming back from wars and stuff, mm-hmm. like, that would have been something to help deal with those processes going on when people didn't know very much about mental health at that time.
0: Do we know, uh, Josh, maybe you know or don't know, I know, we're trying to figure out, do you, we know what the usage of, like, these drugs were were during wartime? Like, do we know if, like active military used these kind of drugs or
2: i don't think any active military used them aside from apparently they would experiment on people including some soldiers in the mk ultra program Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, which was essentially researching lsd and other psychedelic compounds to see if they could find like a truth serum or Mm. a way to like humiliate uh like opposing um Mm -hmm. world leaders and things of that nature so
0: so it was nefarious. <laughs> Initially, how can like we most use things that our government does. Yes, right. how can we use these drugs badly? Um, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, tell us some more. Tell us some more about, about back in the day, old times.
1: Yeah, so there was a lot that was written back then, and there was a review of the LSD research from that time, and it was uh, looking really promising, but then the war on drugs came, and it was fueled by an LSD-embracing counterculture movement, um, and it changed public perception, and research just stopped. It came to a halt, and regulators categorized LSD as a Schedule One substance, Urgh. Labeling mm. it as a dangerous and addictive drug with no medical benefits.
0: But cigarettes were cool.
1: Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Oh, they, I, oh, that's so interesting. I find it interesting how we handle drugs and the scheduling of drugs compared to other places uh when i go to the uk there i love what they do with their cigarettes every pack of cigarettes comes with a fully colored picture of what your lungs look like if you smoke cigarettes and get lung cancer oh wow on the back of every pack of cigarettes and it says like warning and uh it doesn't stop people <laughs> a lot of people but for me i was like wow that's pretty i like the imagery of that but mm-hmm. i don't know i'm not sure i i date i label LSD as dangerous and addictive
1: um i wouldn't label most of the schedule one substances as dangerous maybe a bit addictive but i mean what isn't addictive anymore i can say anything's addictive yeah uh, this podcast is addicting I right
2: yeah <laughs> It also depends on, like, what you mean by addictive. Like, is it physically addictive or is it, mm-hmm. like, psychologically addictive? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, I like cheeseburgers, and if I feel, like, addicted to the taste of a cheeseburger, that doesn't mean that, like, I, my brain is chemically addicted to it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm.
0: Well, that depends on where you're getting that cheeseburger. Are you getting it from McDonald's? Because then they have that sludge. Like, <laughs> I love that they were like, no, that's not real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So let's, let's talk about what are psychedelics. Lots of people write us about talking about psychedelics and the psychedelic drugs or psychedelic compounds. They're going to be a large category that specifically affects the mind because the term psychedelic actually means mind manifesting if you did not know that. So a lot of the compounds, they can be found out in nature. They're in plants, they're in fungi, they're even secreted by animals. I know you guys have probably heard about everyone going around licking all these frogs, right? Frogs, yeah. <laughs> you have to stress the frog out so much to get it to make <coughs> that stuff. Have you seen the videos of this? Josh, have you seen the videos of the frog thing?
2: Yeah, it uh, it's weird. Um, so, yeah, you have to, like, really agitate the frog. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they secrete the venom onto, like, a piece of glass or something. And mm-hmm. then they dry the venom, and then scrape it off. And within that venom, it's five meo DMT. That's the drug that they're they're trying to extract.
0: But the thing is, have you seen what they do to the frogs to agitate them? Have you seen how they like stretch them out? Oh.
2: Oh, no, they, I haven't actually.
0: Yeah, I've seen I've seen videos where they like take the frog and they like tie its little frog legs, <laughs> and they use like strings and they kind of like tack it to the ground so that it can't move and then it starts secreting the stuff that they scrape off of it i'm not i wanted to look i'm all about trying drugs you guys know this i'm not willing to to strap down a little frog and and have it i'm not sure i'm that curious like i really want i have a dmt vape pen um which just tastes like ass but i heard that's what it's supposed to taste like and i've only tried it twice i've not gotten anything off of it, but a little like weird head feeling for a little bit, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not sure I'd lick a frog. Is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm but, not sure I'm willing to torture the poor frog just to be able to lick it. That's nuts. Yeah,
0: yeah that's I'm not. Gonna you
2: can get it other way. ways. You don't have to do that.
0: No, but Future Rama said we could lick it, so that's what we <laughs> want. We really, <laughs> that's how we want to ingest it. <laughs>
2: I've never known what the whole licking toads is all about. Like, what do you get from licking it? I wonder.
0: Um, I mean, I think this is a thing back in the, again, back in the day, because you can lick the, you know, the secretion of that frog as well. There's a lot of uh, species of toads that secrete that toxin. It's called uh, a and that has that hallucinogenic property. And so... Mm -hmm. um, well, You know, it's called toad licking, but I don't think it's actually licking. That's just what people have called it. And some people are, have been licking them because they don't understand. That's just shorthand. You don't actually have to lick it. Well, they want to get it straight from the source, right? They don't want anything in between. <laughs> This is why I like LSD though, because it, it was popular in the 60s and 70s and it's created in a lab and each of these compounds, they work in a different way to alter your sense of reality. That's why some of these compounds like psilocybin, they alter the neural networks in your mind. They help you create a sense of order. And I would even go so far as to say these substances kind of act as like a reset button, which help people who have anxiety or depression or things like that.
1: I mean, I agree. I think so. So far with my psilocybin mm-hmm. journey, I think it's been helping.
0: I also think that it it may be just the experience of having our sense of reality changed so dramatically is what helps us kind of look at these different viewpoints. I know there's, you know, we've got other substances like MDA um, also can create this sense of like this, this connectedness to, to one's self, I think a little bit.
2: Yeah, they, they work on the serotonergic system of the brain too. So they essentially fit into the same receptors that serotonin fits into. So your, your body knows exactly what to do with it. And it just essentially creates like a ultra communication between different parts of your brain that were basically filtered out by your default mode mm-hmm. network.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 What about the early research on, on these hallucinogenics? What did you find out, B?
1: Um, Based on early research of hallucinogenic compounds uh, rooted for millennia in many ethnic cultures was a tool for well-being. Psychedelics could pave the way to a much-needed therapy for mental health crises uh, Mm -hmm. that plagued the nation from severe depression and suicide to stress disorders and addiction.
0: Mm. Yeah, that fits. That fits. I, I I feel like lots of people could benefit from this stuff.
1: Yeah, and um I believe didn't um j- doesn't Josh have a lot of experience with this uh, with Sykes and he interviewed a writer named Daniel McQueen who runs a cannabis assisted therapy center in Colorado.
0: Oh yeah,
2: Josh, yeah.
1: tell
0: us about that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, Daniel McQueen, that dude, he does it all. Um he has a, a center out in Colorado where uh, they give people ketamine and also cannabis as a psychedelic mm, mm-hmm. um, cannabis as a psychedelic. That's a concept that I had never heard of before reading his book and talking to him, but apparently at a high enough dose mm-hmm, and under the mm-hmm. right conditions, you can have a psilocybin like experience using cannabis and uh, mm-hmm. their, their preferred method is vaporizing, which, I mean, if you have a really good vaporizer, is probably the best method of ingestion. If you're trying to like you know dose yourself uh yeah. in a short amount of time with a high dose
1: mm-hmm.
2: kind and of like they... using like
1: concentrates and such
2: exactly yeah mm-hmm. um and there are people who prefer not to inhale anything into their lungs and in which case they can use edibles and like you said tinctures things of that nature okay
0: and b you're starting on you're starting on your psychosolibin journey can you share with us and we're i josh i want to hear about what you're doing as well um how are you still finding it B?
1: um well i am currently on day 81 i believe now Mm -hmm. um and i have been doing the microdosing with the psilocybin and i have taken it in gummy form which was i think a lot lower dose uh when, when I was taking it. So it helped me ease into what to you know expect from the microdosing. But now I'm on the tincture, which I prefer so much more. I'm able to give myself a higher dose. Mm-hmm. And I am seeing that the impact of it is helping with my anxiety. It's helping with my PTSD. It's helping mm-hmm. with my suicidal ideations. But I'm starting to think, I don't think, okay, look, so I was told that I'm supposed to uh, cycle it like, Three days on, one day off. Three days on, one day off. I have never done that. I have just taken it nonstop. And I don't think that the lower dose, like I'm getting used to it. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you call that when when you get uh, tolerance? Thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't think my tolerance is built up to it. I think that I just wasn't taking a high enough dose to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken with many people who have also started microdosing and they're like, it did nothing. I didn't feel yeah. anything. Yeah, And I'm thinking it's because, you know, the people that are working in it medicinally, like the, the nurse that I'm working with at Pearly Baker Edibles, mm-hmm. they don't want to just say, go crazy yeah. and dose yourself nuts to begin with. And then something bad can come from it. Mm-hmm. I think it takes time for you to like Start dosing with it low and safe. So you're like, okay, okay, this is, this isn't going to hurt me. This isn't going to make me see trails and Mm -hmm. purple penguins and stuff. And then when you start like getting to the two month, three month mark, you can start saying, okay, I need to really up this if I want to really work on myself and my mental health
0: issues. Yes, absolutely. And I I think a part of that is also going to be, as we've mentioned before on the podcast here, that a lot of the drugs we talk about, a lot of the things we do, it has to do with you most people who are going to microdose uh, psilocybin they're going to take 0. 0.3 grams but it's really going to depend on things like the size of your body your experience mm-hmm. with psychedelics if you've ever had them before there are some people who have taken them so long like you said the dosage is just not that's not their dosage maybe when they first started but it's not anymore and so um i feel like they're just trying to get you comfortable with those low mm-hmm. dosage before you do go up a little bit totally agree Josh, can you share with us your experience with uh, psychedelics and how you've been using them?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually opposite from you, Bea. Um, I tend to do uh, like true. macro doses mm-hmm. and not very often, just a few times a year,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: usually um, four grams dried uh, up because I find that those experiences, uh, they tend to be like super meaningful. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: what my goal tends to be is, To uh, break into that the realm of the mystical, having like the Mm -hmm. the classic mystical experience, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean it's just amazing. Uh, The low doses actually nowadays, if I take like a gram for a good time or something like that, I end up having so much anxiety that uh, like I can't handle taking a low dose. I have to, I, I pretty much have to only take high doses nowadays because I I find my mind. Uh, wants to go in the direction of those deep, meaningful experiences, even when mm-hmm. I just take a little bit. So I end up just getting overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. Mm.
1: I want to ask you, Josh, because I have like a serious anxiety disorder and I have the same fear as you do. Like I'm afraid that if I try to macrodose, that I'm going to lose complete control and I'm not going to have control over anything. And I have this dose that was made for me with two grams of psilocybin in it. What kind of things can I expect just so I can prepare myself for when I do this full experience?
2: Two grams is a, is a great dose for okay. starting out with just like a threshold type experience. Uh, you will most likely see some fairly intense visuals happening. Um personally like when i would take a lower dose like that before i started really diving into the macro um i would see you know the walls they kind of breathe they come in and out size distortions might happen you know your room might seem really narrow and long and then all of a sudden like out of nowhere it'll become like (laughs) short and thin or something um and you see a lot of things moving around a little bit of waviness and things of that nature um but you shouldn't have too much of an experience of boundary disillusion or like what people call ego death, those things can happen depending on how sensitive you happen to be to psychedelics and whether or not you're on any medication currently. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what I would advise is if you're on any sort of medication that you take daily, whether it be like a psychotropic or an anti-anxiety medication, um, do a ton of research before you decide to jump into the psychedelic realm, because uh, both psychotropics and psychedelics tend to affect the same systems in your brain. So mm-hmm. you can get like a serotonin overload sometimes, which leads to serotonin syndrome and it might not be a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, um, you know, I, we're talking about this, but I know one of the ways MDMA may be helpful with conditions like PTSD and, and anxiety and, and these things is, um, it helps really create this deep sense of compassion, but the, the serotonin rebound is real with MDMA. People love MDMA, but it does have. You can do these drugs in a way where you don't get the benefits from them. Um, you you may be doing too too much, um, and you may make your you may fry some of the things in your brain where they need that stuff. Now they're looking yeah. out for for this kind of effect, and they don't want to make the the medicine in your mind that they're supposed to make. So I agree with Josh. If you're going to do something for the first time, do a lot of research on it. If you're taking medicine, see how that conflicts with it because you really want the desired effects. You want the positive effects of the altered, uh, reality senses. You don't want to feel bad or anxious or anything like that.
2: Yeah. And it's all about the set in the setting too. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. the container in which you're doing the drug, Um, and a lot of people who do MDMA and feel really shitty the next day, (laughs) um, they're usually like at a club or something and they're not drinking enough water and they're moving around like crazy. They're burning calories, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but if you look at say like, uh, the maps psilocybin or, um, the maps MDMA trials, the way that they have these things done in a therapeutic setting is very much more relaxed. Lights are dim. Things are very Mm -hmm. comfortable. You're not moving around. So I think uh, the container really has a lot to do with how you're going to feel the next day and also how much of a serotonin letdown you're going to have.
0: Yeah, yeah. You really want that. That's I think that's also why people feel like shit afterwards because they take too much as well. They take too much and then it, it really gets the receptors going and then you have that drop. I would suggest be... Like you love being outdoors. You love Mm -hmm. like that would be a great place to try it for the first time because the visuals outside are going to be great. You're going to feel like one with nature. I know that sounds really cheesy, but a lot of these they again, they help that deep sense of compassion, compassion for yourself, compassion for others, compassion in a way that makes it possible to really reflect on some some painful memories or whatever it is you're trying to get out of this experience so that you can have this sort of healing awareness. Now, Josh, do you feel like you have more awareness when you're using these drugs? and, And what does that look like for you?
2: I think while you're using the drugs, it's like your awareness is maybe different because there's certain ways where you have less awareness and certain ways Mm -hmm. you have a higher awareness. And it feels like your consciousness sort of ascends to a higher level. But that being said, you don't want to be necessarily like around cars or a street or Mm -hmm. driving or anything that's going to be physically dangerous because it does get you like quote unquote high where you're, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel it in your body, you feel sort of your equilibrium off in certain ways. Um, but yeah. B two grams outside should be a beautiful experience for you. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not doing anything like too dangerous.
1: How long does the experience normally last?
2: Around four to eight four hours. hours. Oh like wow.
0: One. Okay. This is yeah. a whole day thing. I got to like plan. For yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever I do acid, because I'm such a nerd, I like to time my trips. So I like to see how long I trip for. And I, I, I've talked to other people who don't average this much, but for me, an average acid trip is probably 19 to 22 hours. Holy cow. I don't know if it's the batch I have. I don't know what it is, but for me, it's always been like minimum 18 hour trip like I take it and then I'm done for the day like I'm done it's that's amazing (laughs) I love it I love it other people I've I've tripped with I notice when we're tripping they're like okay I need more and I'm like really like I don't I am I am on (laughs) I want an airplane I want a fucking airplane um now I know that we were talking about like what the awareness looks like and it's a little bit different. Do you feel, B that you are, are you getting the benefits of that yet? Because you're microing, so I guess you're not really tapping into that awareness yet, but you might be for yourself. Do you feel like (sighs) your self-awareness has changed at all?
1: I feel like it has helped me to realize that things that I think are a big deal, I have no control over anymore. Mm. I think that's the biggest shift is there's so many things in my life that has happened um, that I felt directly in control of and I ruined everything. Mm. So I feel like the psilocybin is helping me look back and say, you couldn't control this. It was completely out of your control. Stop thinking that you could have changed this somehow. You couldn't.
0: Okay. That's good though. I mean, cause there's a lot of people have a lot of regret and with the work I do with people when they're telling me things like this as well, I'm like, "Oh," from an outsider's perspective, like there was nothing you could have done. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, there really isn't. So I'm, I'm glad that you're finding that you're able to make peace with that.
1: Uh, It's a long journey and I haven't quite made peace with it Mm -hmm, yet, mm -hmm. Um, but I'm trying to give myself a little more compassion which is hard to do. I mean, anyone I think could say that there, I think people just in general are hard on themselves, but some of us take it to a new level
0: when you have like the
1: anxiety and the PTSD, we take it to a whole new destructive level. And I'm hoping that as I continue to microdose that Mm -hmm. self-sabotaging continues to become a minimum part of my life. Not, not the whole pie. Yeah.
0: I like that. I'm, I'm so excited for you because I know you would said you hadn't really tried psychedelics before. And I recognize like, I didn't even know I had anxiety. Mm. Um, So I was doing psychedelics before and I now recognize, oh, that's part of why I liked them is they felt, they make me feel calm and they make me feel like things are slowed down. Like Josh was saying, they make me feel like I'm able to take more in, which I enjoy.
1: Yeah. And I also come from a world where it has been demonized because of the war on drugs. I'm from Mm -hmm. the South. Mm -hmm. Drugs are a big no-no. I was a social worker in child welfare. Uh, We Mm -hmm. used to take people's kids away for that stuff. So now I'm doing something that's so different than what's been drilled in my head for a decade or two decades. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the hardest part that I'm having is is recognizing that it's okay to try something different that I didn't get from an MD or a DO.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I know that. Um, we were talking a little bit about how these substances work and how we're not necessarily advocating just to do drugs, right? Right. We're, we're talking more so about finding what might work for you and especially when it's coming to psychedelics, these are really powerful substances. And so, uh, I know you're working with pearly right now. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of guiding you on how to do the psychedelics, right?
1: Yeah. And, um, and she's a registered nurse. So on top of that, I'm also working with a therapist that fully knows everything that I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. we cover how this may be changing or what I need to change in order to make this work more effectively. I'm not just doing this alone. Um, I'm doing this fully under uh, being monitored by people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And therapy is great for people. It helps, it helps people, prepare, process, integrate, really respond to some of the insights that I feel like psychedelics stimulate. And part of the reason this research really started to take off and is taking off is that traditional medications, I feel like, and our general psychotherapies are not as effective as we would like. Would you agree with that, Josh?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the current way of treating any type of disorder is essentially to create a, a customer uh, pharmaceutically. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, I mean, even mm-hmm. if you just go to your local doctor and you tell them that you're stressed out, they won't tell you to attempt any lifestyle changes. <laughs> they they won't say anything to you. They'll just write you a script and yep. you'll be on handy. Lexapro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that model is never going to work with the psychedelic because psychedelics are uh, sort of like, a, I don't want to say they're a panacea, but they last much mm-hmm. longer in their effects. They can last up to six months to a year, um, and that doesn't <clears throat> require you to go back every week or every month yeah. to re-up your dose. So I think yeah. that's that's why uh, it's going to have a, a rough time in uh, the pharmaceutical market.
0: Probably. I, I also...
1: What oh, do you ahead, mean? Me. What do you mean that it will it it can last up to six months?
2: Well, the effects of, of psychedelics, especially uh, you see in the MDMA trials with PTSD, mm-hmm. um, some people actually have one <clears throat> dose, just one That's experience, it? and their PTSD is gone forever. Gone. Yep. Others, what? yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yep. yep, I've had friends who have gone to do like ayahuasca and other things who like very like have very very severe PTSD very severe um depression like depression where they don't you know haven't left the house in months and were able to just have one experience that kind of changed everything from them so are you telling me that this that this
1: full experience that I've been sitting on for 85 days could totally change my life could it has the capability and totally changing my life and not having PTSD.
2: In my right. view, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah I would what? I would like that. I, I don't like think a fool, man, <laughs> just sitting on this
0: terrified of taking no, it. no, no. I don't think that's I I mean it's again caution, right? And set and setting. You want to make sure you're in the right place for this. Um Josh mentioned about the effects lasting longer than taking medicine. I don't want to like be a person here but i'm gonna say like there's a reason they want you to take this medicine every single day for months and months and months and months. like it's because if you stop taking it it doesn't work and so Uh. the best things i found with psychedelics and just again they i feel like they have faster effects on patients sometimes effective with only a single therapy session like josh is saying is that it kind of does the opposite all of these other medicines you know the ssris um all of these they kind of they make you numb right they kind of prevent you from being able to to go beyond anything it 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 dulls you that's what i always hear from my friends they feel dull and numb Mm -hmm. and the psychedelics don't do that they put you front and center in awareness that's why we were talking about awareness earlier so it does the opposite it doesn't numb you it wakes you up in my opinion i would say that I like that B's having a light bulb moment right I now. I am, I really am. Yeah.
1: Like I've been so scared of this full experience. Yeah. And it's just been sitting here and I've been looking at it and I didn't even it didn't even click with me that it had the capability of really changing my life. Like it just seemed like something
0: that I'll just do that eventually at some point. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But like the fear now is like good though. Yeah. Have a healthy fear, absolutely.
2: It's a healthy respect for the substance. Yeah, for sure. And the power that it could potentially have. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that's what it all is, Josh. You're absolutely right.
2: Like I had my first,
0: I had my first acid trip in college and all my other, all my, all my college friends were like, oh, that was awful. And I was like, I want more. I was like, I love it. I love what I got to see, what I got to think about. And they were just like, "Mm -mm." mm-mm. They they had a couple of bad trips. And we're talking about the good things with psychedelics. But there are bad things, like bad trips and other side effects. Because it can facilitate these therapeutic experiences, but it can also have negative experiences or bad trips where you have the fear, the anxiety, or that altered sense of reality can kind of put you in harm's way. Like Josh was saying, you don't want to be out in traffic. I don't like doing psychedelics at concerts. I know there's lots of people who like doing them at concerts. I if it was a certain festival, possibly, but I like to make sure I'm in a place where I'm okay and I feel like I can I can trust the people around me. So these these unregulated substances they might be impure they might be cut with other things that can cause other damage I'm sure you guys have seen in the news some of these um, medicines have been cut with other things and so the the clinical conditions like the PTSD the depression I feel like if you have this, you might be even more vulnerable than others to experiencing these traumatic experiences when you don't have a therapist or when you, mm-hmm. you don't know where you're getting your drugs from. I feel like that's Im- that's important. If you can find out where your stuff is from, I, I like to do that. And uh, I don't know, I, I've done traditional therapy and I've done psychedelics and I'm all about the alternative therapies.
2: Yeah, And the reason it's so hard to get any substance that's pure is because of the legality. I mean, they don't Mm -hmm. understand that with the war on drugs, they're causing way more pain and hurt than from protecting people. I mean, quote unquote, because like you were saying before, uh, these drugs are schedule one, and that means that they are highly addictive and have no medicinal value, which is, I mean, absolutely wrong, according to the most recent research even.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting. I just, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. And I feel like so much of this gets perpetuated over and over. Obviously, the treatments we're talking about are not going to work for everyone. But I feel like that's just a a couple of exceptions. I don't think there's been any novel approaches to these mental health issues for some time now. And right now we're at an impasse when it comes to getting people fucking help because that's what they need. So I have a question. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's say that I'm going to do this full experience, mm-hmm. and I start to, for some reason, it's having this bad trip you're talking about, or it's going down the wrong road. Is there a way to pull back out of that, or do I just have to ride it through?
2: There are two answers to your question. Mm-hmm. One right. is yes, there are ways that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um cannabis is a good way to do it um if you find you're going down a direction you don't like you can smoke some weed and Mm -hmm. it kind of gives you a navigational tool to get out of the space that you're Uh currently in Mm -hmm. um also just breathing meditating um oxygenating your brain Uh, i feel that if you breathe deeply and focus on your breath um it tends to get better like almost right away Um, But that being said, there is also a certain degree to which you have to surrender to the experience in front of you. Because if you try too hard to look away from what you're being shown and you're trying to grasp on and control the experience, it's just going to get harder for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to get the benefits. I it sounds so dumb when we say it, like you just got to let go. That's why I like to know how long my trips are just so that I have an idea of like, all right. This is what's. This is what the lay of the land is. Nat, like, just just settle in. Um, you can use CBD as well. I know uh, B, you're taking the CBD, so the pre-treatment with CBD is going to significantly mm-hmm. reduce that anxiety, that cognitive impairment, the discomfort. Um, sometimes some people can't speak very well <laughs> on certain drugs. All of the CBD helps with all of that. Um, I also know that magnesium helps if you take it, uh, you can eat, you can, yeah, yeah. You can take it or you can eat magnesium rich foods like nuts and beans and fish. Like we always have nuts around when we're, when we're on, when we're doing trips and we like to take it once per day in the evening for a few weeks so that we can allow the body to resolve any deficiency it has. Um, and then we just take a small amount we take like 200 milligrams for, a few weeks, and then we bump it down um, when it when it gets closer. And I'm sure everyone knows about lavender. Lavender is all about calming, calming down, calming you down. Yeah. So to supplement that, lavender take 80 to about 160 milligrams. Um, and again, if you can, try and take it before you know a week or a couple weeks before you're going to do the trip as well.
2: Also, the fact that you've been microdosing, um, mm-hmm. you will have a slight tolerance as well. So it shouldn't be, I mean, I can't guarantee, but it shouldn't be as intense as if you were to not do any mushrooms or have any psilocybin for yeah. like six months or more and then have a big dose.
1: Right. Okay. So maybe it'll be more of an ease into it instead of just like a
0: full blown uh, thrown at me. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, I, always, I always feel like I, I always tell everyone, like, I'm riding on a I'm riding on a road to the moon. Like, I always say, like, I'm just I'm climbing this hill, this like you can feel yourself start to you can feel the trip start. Like, I love looking at my friends. We looking at each other like you feeling it. You feeling it? And we're like, yeah, that's the beginning of the trip. And you kind of have an ascent up to your your peak of the trip. And then you kind of hang out there for a little bit and then you'll feel the descent down from the trip as well.
1: Oh, I have another question too. So I'm the one who is microdosing and my partner Wavy is not microdosing, but we were told that he needs to kind of like babysit me a little bit. Just in case, just in case you need to be babysat. Yeah. Trip sitter. There you go. Is it going to ruin my experience in any way by having him not also take part in the experience? Should he be doing it with me?
2: I don't I think do. so. No,
1: no.
0: No. I no. mean, he's probably going to be stoned, right? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's I I'm one of those things where you're doing this for you you're doing the experience for you. So just try and focus on what it is that you're, you're getting out of it versus I, there are some people who won't do LSD with me if I'm not doing it. And I'm not like that. Like I I'm okay doing it by myself. If that's, uh, that's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I know we were talking about what to do if you're having a bad trip. I also want to throw in, I know we were just like, saying pharmaceuticals but i do like to have the xanax as a backup for people who feel like they're getting too anxious or Mm -hmm. they want to go to sleep my that's the best thing for me when i feel like i'm tripping and it's and i don't like how it's going i just go i just go the fuck to sleep like i'll just go lay down and and go to sleep and and try and try it that way oh
1: yeah just take a nap
0: just take a nap if you can if you can i learned a trick josh i don't know if you've ever had anyone tell you about taking acid like this, but I, I also heard that, um, I've tried it where I take it before I go to sleep and then I start having freaking crazy dreams. And when I wake up, I'm like already like in the middle of a trip.
2: I've never heard of that actually. Um, yeah. but I, I would like to quick touch on the Xanax point that <laughs> you brought up. Um, Now, personally, I I don't advise using Xanax to abort a trip if it's a high dose, Mm -hmm. unless there's a situation that like medically you have to get yourself right. Um, Because I think an important part of a high dose experience is that it's able to fully conclude itself. Because Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of times when you convince yourself that you're going crazy or you're having a really, really bad trip, there's just some kind of energy that's moving through you that has to complete itself um, in like an organic way. And mm-hmm. sometimes people that abort trips with Xanax, uh, they can get sort of stuck in that, you know, uh, cause um. imagine like if you're, if you're really, really stoned on mushrooms mm-hmm. and you have like this insane, you know, hellish experience, and then you cut it off there. Like some people find that they get sort of trapped in that mindset See? and trapped oh, there as opposed okay. to it being able to fully work itself out. So it's really, it's case dependent, obviously, but okay
0: yeah i wouldn't i i mean i would never use it at a high dosage but when i feel like okay i just want to go to sleep and my mind is just doing too much and i can't go to sleep i try to do that we also found this really cool website um it's it's specifically for you if you are having a bad or challenging trip. It's a website and you go there and it's interactive. It's all it, you know, it wants you to like look at the screen and it does different things for you to try and help you clear your mind and focus, like the breathing and stuff. So I will absolutely share that with you and yes. share it with Wavy. Because it's one of those things where I, I've used it for, for friends and people who have tripped with me. Um, But it's just, people are like, Whoa, that's so cool. It's just, it's just a website you go to and it it helps you through your trip. You know, the way,
1: yeah, the way you're describing it, it sounds like I could use it even if I wasn't Mm -hmm, using mm -hmm. psilocybin, even if I was going through one of my very intense PTSD episodes where I get stuck in the memory that Mm -hmm. maybe this could help pull me back out and stop dissociating and come back to earth. Mm
0: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, so yeah, I'll, cool. I will, I <laughs> will, I will share it, share it with you. Um, Now, Josh, we were talking about all of the amazing things that happen when you're using psychedelics like this. Um, You took a course on psychedelic therapy. Tell us a little bit about the things you learned through using, you know, psychotherapy in a container like this.
2: Yeah, um, so I took, it was a course called Navigating Psychedelics for Clinicians and Therapists. Then the second part was um, integration and self-care, like for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, this
2: was through psychedelicstoday.com. Uh They're a really awesome resource for psychedelic education, and they have a great podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they teach you everything from the history of the drugs to how they can be implemented recreationally, how they can be implemented therapeutically, uh, dosage, set and setting, um, philosophy on exactly how to conduct um, like a guided experience—just um, so much, so much information. Um, and one of the one of the most intriguing things that I heard and that I, I learned in the class was—and this is something that I have a real problem with when I'm with people who are doing psychedelics—and like I'm either tripping with them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very responsible mm. for what they're going through, and if they're <laughs> having a rough time, right. I want to run over and give them a big Care. hug and say everything's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I want to try to get you out of this experience. But what I learned was that it's way more important that you sit back and allow that person to suffer mm-hmm. and allow mm-hmm. that person to transmute that experience into what it's supposed to be. Because again, it's like that Xanax point. If you jump in and interrupt an experience Mm -hmm. they could be stuck and also what's interesting is that if someone's tripping and you notice them having a hard time and it looks like they're really suffering sometimes it's that's not what's happening on the inside yeah i've heard stories of people who freak out when they're on dmt or something and then you ask them how it was and they say oh it was beautiful so (laughs) just because it looks like somebody's having a rough time it doesn't mean that you need to interject yourself into their experience Yes.
0: Yes. This is important. I had one of the last asset trips I had a couple of years ago. Um, You know, we're talking about set and setting. It just, there were things happening in my life that were stressed that I couldn't control that were just really getting to me. And I got stuck in a mirror for about three hours and my friends kept trying to come get me. And they're like, come on, Nat, get out of the mirror. And like, I don't I was trying to talk to them but I just couldn't get the words out that I just wanted them to leave me alone that I was fine and so afterwards they all were like oh my gosh it looks so bad and like you were having such a hard time I was like no no no. I was having like a great talk with like myself yeah like you couldn't tell because I couldn't really speak to you and so um <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where like Josh is saying what you see on the outside might not be reflective of the experience that someone's having on the inside and it's important if you're going to trips it for someone as well that you know that
1: you know josh said that he took the class it was called psychedelics for clinicians and therapists does that mean that you have to be a clinician or like a licensed therapist in order to take something like that
2: No, definitely not. Uh, I'm neither. So they just put that label on there because it's a very high level course. Mm -hmm. So it might not necessarily be for like a beginner because they really do go over like some uh, deep philosophy on how to like clinically treat someone with depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety Mm -hmm. using the substances.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Okay. Okay. I like that. I think that's because neurologists right now, they've just identified that the drugs effects on the neurotransmitters um, and all these theories, like we were talking about, this is a reset. This is a psychedelic assisted reset. Um, if you're using it for that way, it's like a shortcut for a therapist. I feel like I've also noticed that a lot of it, you know, we're talking about, it's getting. It's getting legalized in some places. There's a lot of pop culture responses to the public mm-hmm. curiosity with psychedelics. There's there's a Netflix drama called Nine Perfect Strangers. And they use this hallucinogenic for multiple mental health issues. I think there's also that new documentary that was like How to Change Your Mind. Yes, I watched it. Oh, yes. And that chronicles the history and use of the psychedelics. I, I love all this interest in it.
2: It's concerning to to a degree as well, um, because to me, a lot of the pop culture stuff is driven by like young people, people Mm, that are in high mm, school and just going mm -hmm. into college. That tends to be like who pushes the trends. Mm. And if you look at these kids, I mean, like, no offense to anyone, but (laughs) they seem a little irresponsible Mm. to me sometimes. And I don't want to see the same thing that happened in the sixties sort of yeah. happen again in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think being cautious, being thoughtful about it is, is super important because it creates that transcendental state. You know, you feel that profound connectedness. And if you're not, I always say when I see like college kids i'm like you don't know anything about life yet like, i don't want to like say the people listening but i'm like oh you got so much you got so much more to absorb and so i'm glad that i was like b i was kind of like healthfully you know cautious of using too much mm-hmm. because i wanted to make sure that i was going to have the kind of experience that was going to be positive for me and so I, I like this. I, I know it's coming up in pop culture as with anything, like if it's in a movie, uh, not a documentary, but if it's in a movie or something, it's probably being glamorized a lot. Um, heavily.
1: I don't know if either of you watched reservation dogs. Um, it's a new Hulu show. And yesterday I was watching it and the latest episode was about um, the native Americans on the show. It's about native Americans that live on a reservation mm-hmm. in Oklahoma And they did the whole episode on the uh, local Indian police officer taking uh, some sort of psychedelic, it didn't say exactly what it was, and then his experience of running through the woods and what he was seeing and what it was like. And even though it was, like, done, like you're saying, like, on pop culture, I feel like when I was watching it, I was, like, taking notes, like, this is what I, look like. this is what I can expect. Yeah. Because they wouldn't be making it mm-hmm. if someone wasn't there to say this is what the experience has to look like for the show. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so I'm kind of thankful for the pop culture because it's introducing me to something that I'm doing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that's see- how I look at it. <laughs> it it can be i i like when i can look at shows and i can tell that the person who's made the show or written the scene has done the drugs that they're portraying um you know i always say rick and morty is a great show where i every time i watch it i'm like oh you can tell the creators have done psychedelics like it's done in such a way that i'm like yeah they know what they're talking about this is exactly what it looks like this is exactly what it feels like
2: yeah some shows do a great job also uh the midnight gospel on netflix that's duncan Ooh. Trussell's show mm-hmm. that is amazing as well it does a great job of portraying like a psychedelic trip
1: Ooh, i'm gonna write that
0: down i'm gonna yeah. yeah i've heard about that i haven't watched it so i'm glad that i've got another recommendation for it so i like this i like that you know we're we're seeing the worst of this you know this potential new tool for, for people as individuals, for therapists, I feel like with this slow and hopefully steady inflammation, we're going to be seeing more research. We're going to be seeing what happens with costs, what happens with access issues. I know there's a lot of roadblocks right now for people who could benefit from things like ketamine or LSD or uh, psilocybin or even cannabis therapy. And I feel like these need solving and it's not really an easy puzzle to do so, but I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that this is going to help with the mental health crisis, but I just want people to be cautious and thoughtful about it.
1: The more people do it, the more we can study it and know The best way to utilize
0: it, you know, what else we can utilize, B. Oh, munchie of the week, Mm -mm 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 -mm. Josh. You're in the hot seat this week. We want to know what your munchie of the week is. It can be something that you've been munching on this week, or it can just be your go to munchie.
2: I've got a good one, okay? So, this is I have it right in front of me. it's purely elizabeth brand pumpkin cinnamon granola oh that's that's perfect perfect for fall oh it's it's so good it's so awesome
0: which flavor did you get
2: this is pumpkin cinnamon and i don't care how it sounds how basic it sounds i do love (laughs) me some (laughs) pumpkin
0: that is pumpkin spice season
2: (laughs) it's pumpkin spice season for me every day i love pumpkin stuff and cinnamon
0: Okay, good. I I make fun of my friends who just like only get into pumpkin spice when it's like September. the season. I'm like, you ain't a real pumpkin spice fan.
2: Casuals.
1: Exactly. You need Casual.
0: to try the you need to try the blueberry hemp one if you find it.
2: Oh, blueberry hemp. That sounds good.
0: That sounds yeah. tasty. It is so good. I'm addicted to these things. I did not know there was a, a pumpkin one. Now I kinda wanna go get it. Yeah, That's I'm gonna fantastic. be on the lookout for it too. Set target is where I normally see them. Where are you mixing this? or Are you just eating it like by by like handfuls?
2: Yeah, just by handfuls. I'm just putting my dirty fingers in the bag and just eating it.
0: It's yours. You do what you right. want. I think Whole,
2: Whole Foods is where I got this. I think.
0: Okay. Okay. I might go check that out then, because I'm I'm all about that. So you definitely would give this munchy two thumbs up.
2: Yes. Okay. Two thumbs right. up.
0: All right. I like this. I like it. Well, Josh, before we wrap up, we do want to play one last game with you. It's called conspiracy theory of the week. Sweet. <laughs> so we're going to just t- tell you about a conspiracy theory and then we'll talk about it. Cause I, I am a huge conspiracy theorist. I love, I love reading about them. I love learning about them. Beat us too. And some of them, I don't even know about so the one I found for this week was the Denver International Airport is well known for a number of conspiracy theories. And I didn't realize that it was twice the size of Manhattan. What? Whoa. Yeah, I've, I always fly through this airport. I've flown through it many times. It is fucking huge, but it is twice the size of Manhattan and almost every corner of the massive transportation hub is filled with conspiracy theories from what I found. Um, it, it was $2 billion over budget to start with. So that got the conspiracy theorists really hype because they believe that there's an underground structure that what? is either used as a bunker or is the headquarters of the supposed world controlling Illuminati.
1: What? See, I've been to that airport and I don't remember being big at all. I mean, maybe I was oh, yeah. just so excited to be in Colorado that I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings. I don't know.
0: Yeah yeah there's a lot of there's uh they also i know the art is a big thing in the airport as well and the art is the concern there is a um there's a 32 foot sculpture it's just it's it's of a horse that fell on its sculptor and killed him <gasps> um so it's yeah. haunted too oh i'm starting a new conspiracy
2: <laughs> is there any like symbolism in the art at all anywhere
0: Mm, I mean I know that there's murals and there's some troubling things in them a lot of people there say there's images of Nazi officers and gas masks and like all kinds of like one of them had someone said there was the devil jumping out of a suitcase so I haven't looked that closely at the art in the Denver International Airport I have seen that strange statue though that's been I've seen that before and been I like, missed oh, that what? also yeah
1: no I was like mm mm. Mm-mm. I think so, we need to take a field trip back there to see
0: what's going on. Let's just go meet at the Denver <laughs> airport. I like this, but we have to come, Josh, you got to meet us there. And we got to all come with those like detective, uh, you know, the, the glass that my, what, the magnifying glass. glass. I'm like, why <laughs> I use the word for
1: magnify? <laughs> yeah. We
0: got to go around. Like we're looking for clues and Scooby-Doo it up.
2: In our super metal detectors and things.
0: Yeah. Cuz I, I mean got-
2: if if there is going to be a huge base, it'll mm-hmm. probably be underground and under yeah. something that we wouldn't expect it to be under, right?
0: Yep. Yep. It's supposed to be I would love it if it was just under the bathrooms cuz that's the noisiest place in the airport, right? Right. So um I know exactly where I'm going to start when like I get there. Like a
1: trap door in the bathroom.
0: Yep. Yep, <laughs> huge ass bunkers. That that's kind of that's kind of crazy, but i like that i like that almost there's so many things that have conspiracy theories that just where i'm like i didn't even know like i've been here and i didn't know i didn't know that the illuminati was under my airport as i was rushing from gate to gate
2: i mean if somebody would have told you about like epstein's island 10 or 15 years ago you would have called them crazy and now it's just common knowledge so Mm -hmm. you never know
0: yeah this is true this is very very true Well, Josh, thank you so much for hanging with us. We had a blast. I feel like I learned some stuff from you. I'm going to poke you for some information, definitely. Um, Where can our Stoner Lights find you around the web and listen to your podcast?
2: Well, you can listen to the podcast. It's called Pursuit of Infinity. Anywhere podcasts are distributed, Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, even Audible, I think, and Radio Public, a few other places. Uh, we're on Instagram at Pursuit of Infinity Pod. And we have a Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash Pursuit of Infinity.
0: Sweet. And B, where can our lovelies find you? You
1: can check out our seeds and genetics at Instagram, wavy.flower.company, on Facebook, wavyflowercompany. And then we also have our website that is almost complete, thank goodness,
0: Yay. www.wavyflowercompany.com. Awesome. And we're going to put the links for you guys in there. We know you have short term memory loss just like us. You can always find us on the web at stonedandsocial.com or you can bug us on Instagram at stonedandsocial because we're always there. Otherwise, we will be here same place, same time next week. Don't forget, have a safe trip. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>